Hey guys, welcome back to the OG of the HRC way news they ain't telling you. So today is a very special day. We have our very first guest on the OG of HRC Way, News They Ain't Telling You, my very dear friend, Nikki, who has an amazing, inspiring story that's going to come a little bit later via Zoom, of course. Thank you, COVID. But until then, let's get into, as usual, the quick news, if I may. Um, so I know impeachment has started officially today. Yesterday was just the rules day. Today is the whole shebang. Um, the house managers are using unseen footage from January 6th, and they made this remarkable video that I'm sure all of you guys have seen, and if you haven't, I highly recommend it. It's um, it's pretty tragic, so we shall see what happens from there. It's all out of all of our hands at this point. So 67 is what's needed. Just keep that in mind, guys, 67. So that is a tough, tough sell. Okay, first, we have Congressman Ron Wright of Texas passed away from COVID this last weekend. He has been suffering from lung cancer for quite some time, and COVID tragically took him down. So he was only 67 years old. That is pretty darn young. Um, AOC and Schumer have announced that a plan to give $7,000 for people for reimbursement for COVID funerals if they can't pay it. I believe that money is coming from FEMA. So um, I don't think it's an, uh, random that it's AOC and Schumer working together. So all those rumors of AOC primary and Schumer, I don't know if he's putting on olive leaf, but keep an eye on that. Okay, Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman is running for Senate in Pennsylvania, along with probably at least three or four more Democrats that we don't know about. But of course, John Fetterman is known for taking on Trump, sort of battling with Trump via COVID, via election stuff, via everything. He's tall, he's bald, and he actually has a degree from Harvard University. So don't always judge a book by its cover. Pennsylvania will be interesting because Biden is a Pennsylvania man. He won Pennsylvania in the general. So can we win a Senate seat? I don't know. Um, another Senate news, Alabama Senator Shelby will not seek re-election considering that he's 86 years old. It's not a surprise. Um, is Alabama in play? I don't know. We had a senator from Alabama, Doug Jones, for one term at least. So probably not, but who knows? It's always easier to beat a new guy than an incumbent. So who knows? Pete Buttigieg is currently under quarantine because one of his excuse me, <laughs> security agents tested positive for COVID. So he is in quarantine. So he just started his job as the Secretary of Transportation, made one trip, I think, to Metro in Washington, D.C., and now is in quarantine. So there you go. Um, they haven't announced whether or not he tested positive, so we shall wait and see. Uh, Democrats are planning to unveil a $3,000 child benefit as part of their COVID package. Now, what I'm thinking from this um, goes back to something Mitt Romney had said uh, about a week ago now, I think, of something along this lines of giving people who have children e even more money. So does this mean we might be having a bipartisan deal? Probably not, but I think that's interesting. Um, I told you guys the other day about good old Utah and how those school districts have allowed parents to not to opt out of their children learning about Black History Month. Well, those parents decided that they're going to withdraw the request. Um, 
and allow their children to learn about Black History Month. So I'm guessing they got a lot of nasty emails, tweets, and Instagram posts. Um, <laughs> this is a good one. So if you guys follow us on TikTok, um, which you should be because I think I'm pretty funny on there sometimes. <laughs> I do say it myself. But I did a video about Claudia Conway and how at first I was sort of like, what? Like, this is crazy. And then the second I was like, well, wait, this sort of seems like they're setting this up for a reality show. Well, there is a reality show involved. Claudia Conway will be on American Idol, I believe, this Sunday, I think. I have no idea. And now she has resurfaced back on TikTok after taking a break because of all of those, like, videos of her mom and all that. So, and it was, like, sort of pretending like none of that happened. So, uh, yeah, I smell a reality show. I'm sorry. I just do. I This is too much, and that family is Cuckooville. So, and Kellyanne Conway is a very manipulative woman. So, anyways. Neera Tandon, who is going to be Biden's OMB director, who I love, who is a huge Hillary Clinton supporter, and she's never waved from that. And the extreme left hates her and conservatives hate her, so that makes me happy. Um, she is in front of Senate today to get confirmed. She'll probably be one of the most difficult people in his um, administration to get confirmed simply because the extreme left doesn't like her and conservatives don't like her, but she will get through and she's going to do a fantastic job as OMB director. She came from very like poor upbringing. She's a daughter of immigrants. She's just the American dream all around. She's a tough lady. I am team Nera all the way. And last but not least, I just want to say this now that we're still talking about fearless Britney or framing Britney Spears. Um, she is fearless too, but <laughs> I just want to say to everyone really quick, um, can you please stop sharing the photo of her with her shaved head or in the process of shaving her head or the photos of her or the video of her attacking the paparazzi or the videos of her getting into the ambulance or the videos of her, you know, with her child almost dropped. Like, can we stop? Cause we can't say that we our heart breaks for her when we all like we all continue that cycle of let me show photos of Britney Spears as the breakdown is happening. You don't get it both ways, guys. So if we're really gonna make a difference and we're really gonna talk about mental health, which a lot of people are saying Britney Spears is bringing awareness to mental health issues, um, this is not the way to do it. So like maybe let's do something different this time. So all right, that is the quick news. Let's get on to my interview with Nikki. All right, guys, I am here with my amazing girlfriend that I feel like I've known my whole life. Um, we go way back to Seattle days. She was my girl. Uh, and I, when I was looking for someone to interview to set off the OG of HRC way news day, telling you, I thought I have to get my girl Nikki on here. She has an amazing story. She's overcome so much. And when I started this podcast, I wanted to reach out to as many inspiring women as possible. And Nikki, you are one of those. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy her story. I know you will. And make sure you guys follow her on all the social medias, which we'll plug later. Cause mm -hmm. she's like starting this whole empire. She's a yoga <laughs> guru now, <laughs> healing people all over the place. Yeah. Even horses, I saw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Nikki, welcome, welcome, welcome. Aww, you are sitting there in lovely Arizona. So the sun is shining. Yes. And it's exactly where I picture you would be at some point in your life. I knew it. Washington, what were we ever doing there? You or me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> so much better. So much better. Okay. So first and foremost, Nikki, what I think is yeah. so interesting about your story is that you're adopted. Yes. And I am just curious, at what point 
did you realize or know that you were adopted? How did that all go about? That's so interesting. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's really where it started, right? Um, I would say I was probably three years old. And I remember my aunt was pregnant and I kept asking my mom, was I inside of her? And she said, no. I asked my grandma, did you have me in your belly? She said, no. And then they just slowly started to explain to me that another woman had had me and gave me up because she couldn't take care of me. And that's all that I really knew. And from that point on, I just knew that I was kind of different. Right. And so with that, obviously when you're adopted, did you know ever who your birth mom was at any point? Did you search her out? Like some people do, some people don't. So it's like an interesting topic, you know? Yes, it is. I um, was one of those people that had to know. I had to know her story. I had to know her why. And so after I had my first daughter at 21, I found my birth mother and she was honestly nothing like I had ever envisioned or fantasized about. So it was a kind of, was she like a a letdown for you? Yeah. It was a letdown. Yeah. Okay. And how did you go about finding your birth mom? Did your mom who rate, like, did your, you know, your adopted mom, did she know or? Um, they knew they weren't very supportive about it. Um, Mm. I hired a lady through the hospital that I was born at in Vancouver, Washington. And she was a lady that went to the courts and unsealed the records for me and was able to obtain my birth mom's information. She unsealed the records for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Only you, Mickey, would that happen. It's so fitting. Oh, wow. That's That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So then you met your mom and never had any sort of relationship with your birth mother. I didn't. It was just, um, I just couldn't really relate to her. I had always envisioned her to be this strong uh, woman that, you know, just had to give me up for certain reasons. And I ended up finding out that she uh, tried to miscarry me and threw herself down a flight of stairs. Oh, wow. Um, she contemplated abortion. Oh, uh, wow. It was, it was pretty intense. And so after, after that, I, I went on a downward spiral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, obvious, for obvious reasons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And did yeah. she have any other children? She did. Um, she had four kids before me before and she was you. married. <gasps> yes. Married, had an affair with my father, who was a bank robber. Oh my (laughs) god! Spent um, the end of his life in Walla Walla State Penitentiary up in Washington. Oh my gosh! Wow! Did you ever contact your biological father? He passed away in uh, February of '02, and so I never made contact with him. But I have later since made contact with majority of my brothers from my dad and I'm the baby out of 11 siblings on both sides yeah wow and they all said that it was a blessing I never met him right yeah are you close with any of those siblings um one of them yeah just one his name is Tracy and he lives up in um Tri-Cities Washington area yeah yeah wow yeah remarkable okay so you meet her you're 21 you just had this baby yeah Yeah. you're married is your marriage toxic at this point very extremely start out toxic yes okay yes and do you think that you 
we're certain like you're you're so young 21 to be a mom and married do you think that you were trying to fill a void of what you weren't getting oh for sure and I and I think like growing up in this small little town of Wisconsin like you don't get pregnant without getting married like Mm -hmm. you know it's just kind of one of those things that you just didn't do so I just quick reacted to we better get married which was inevitably the wrong decision but in hindsight it taught me a lot right and it gave you your daughters so I mean yes who are amazing amazing young women now it's crazy but um so the marriage the first marriage yeah so you're 21 you're married with a baby yeah and just tell me a little bit about that journey with your ex if you make yeah I know it Personally, I know, but I would love yeah. everyone else to know to show what you've overcome. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, initially, I just I'll never forget my dad um, at the time, right before I was about to walk down the aisle and he looked at me and he said, are you sure about this? And I was like, yes, I'm sure. And I, I will always have that filed away in my memory of just being a profound moment and maybe trusting. I should have trusted them a little bit more with decision-making, but moving forward into uh, my marriage, it became toxic almost immediately with physical um, violence. My ex-husband knew that I had a throat phobia because I had been strangled um, before. Uh, And he immediately went to physical violence. I feel to dominate, try to control me, try to gain the upper hand and um, started off with choking me. And it just really... I mean, rocked my world. I was in Memphis because I was a flight attendant and I had been transferred there and I had no family, no friends. And so here I was with this little baby girl and then this abusive marriage. And it was just horrific. Wow. And that's like someone like that's dream to have them all to yourself, you know, that they can do whatever. So did your family know anything of what was going on with you? Um, I started to share, um, and then they got really upset and then they started to reveal that they could see warning signs. They revealed that, that they were alluded to him having a pornography addiction um, because we stayed with them for a short time before we relocated to Memphis. And so it was just a lot of like, we saw these signs and right. yeah, then finally I was able to divorce him and right. leave him. How long were you married to him? Five years. Wow. And you had two daughters yeah. in five years time yep. and you became a flight. Yes. What made you want to become a flight attendant? I've never asked you that actually. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> when I was 18, I grew up in a really small town in Wisconsin and I couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. And so that was my first fastest ticket right. to flee. And so I was based in Minneapolis and then got a base transfer to Memphis. Okay. And what airline so. did you work for? It was Northwest at the time. Northwest. Okay. Yeah. 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 I vaguely remember yep. Northwest. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can totally see you at a flight. I remember the first time I met you. I think you like told me you used to be a flight attendant. I was like, that yeah. makes, I would want you as my flight attendant. <laughs> yes, sure. totally. Did you actually, did you enjoy being a flight attendant? Cause at least it got you away from a toxic yeah. environment. Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I loved it. But then I had the kids and then I missed them. And then 9-11 happened and I resigned in 02 because I started having panic attacks and I thought I was having heart attacks and I was only 23 years old. I had no idea what was happening to me and the doctors that I saw were like, you're having anxiety. And 
was like, wow, I didn't know I had anxiety. Right, right. So, but you were in the air on 9-11, correct? Um, I was actually in uh, Memphis at the time, and I was supposed to be at annual recurrent ground school training the day of September 11th. Um, but my youngest daughter at the time was sick. And so I had to reschedule my training. And that's when I remember turning on the news and seeing the plane hit oh the World God. Trade Center and then the Pentagon. And I just thought I was living in a nightmare. I oh wasn't God. registering at all. Right. Right. <laughs> what? Because for me, I was, I was in high school yeah. when 9-11 yeah. and I woke up and my mom was crying and oh. I was like, didn't understand. I thought it was like an act, like it was like an accident because I, had, I was like, no one hits them. No one comes after America. You exactly. know what I mean? Like I had no concept of that. Exactly. And then it wasn't until she looked at me and said, no, it's a terrorist attack that I was like, yes. you know, oh, I just got the chills. So I can't even imagine. So you went back yeah. after nine 11 yeah, and we're up did. in the air. Yeah. So can you explain the transition like post nine 11? Right. I mean, you're in the air, you're a flight attendant. I mean, I can't even imagine what that's like. It was um, a whole different world. I mean, it was just something that just changed. Like my seniority skyrocketed because so many people furloughed themselves. They retired, they resigned, they left, they quit. Oh um, and just the whole vibe, everybody's energy was, everyone was on guard. I found myself on guard. I remember a passenger coming up to me. I was in the back galley getting ice buckets ready and they put their hand on my back to ask me for some water. And I just was very knee jerk reaction. Like, what are you doing touching me? Mm. And they were like, oh, I just need water. I'm afraid to fly. I got to take a pill. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel your, I feel your pain. I feel yeah, it. Yeah, I... it. So then you tense. retire from yep, the obvious yep. reasons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, okay. And then what's next? What happens next for you in this journey? Uh, let's see, 2002, I resigned in 03, I got a divorce. And then we decided to move to Washington state, um, to get out of the South. Uh, mm -hmm. we didn't really vibe with, um, the energy there with raising our kids and coming from the Minneapolis area. Um, I had a really hard time with, um, I guess you would say racism for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you can say racism. It's okay. <laughs> um, and the, just the, just the like vileness. Yeah. Cause that, it's normal um, there. That's the thing. It it's was like, awful. It's, it's normal and it's segregated without even the oh. laws being segregated. It's, it's a whole yeah. different world that people don't understand. No. Yeah. I can't imagine you there at all. No, no, <laughs> no. I was like, I can't do this. And so then what made so you say Washington? Left. Uh, be just because I was born there and I felt like I had a little bit of a connection because I lived there until I was about five years old. And then we moved to the Midwest and um, my ex-husband was able to get a job uh, in Seattle like that. And so that was the primary reason. Gotcha. So, so we moved divorce, but divorce, yeah, divorce. Yep. <laughs> and then, then what's next for you after you divorce? Oh, and wow. how did, actually, let me ask this. Yeah. How did you get the strength to say yeah. enough? was there one final incident? Oh, yes, there was. Um, wow. I'll, yeah, I'm actually just flashing back right now. The tip of the iceberg for me was 
my ex was mowing the, the yard, the front yard, and I was getting ready for work. I had gone into catering um, at the time and he left our two younger daughters in the backyard um, with a pool and I was getting ready for work and I saw them and I went and opened up the front door and I just said his name, said his name. And I was like, what are you doing? You can't mow the front yard. Um, with the kids in the back and from that moment on he just pushed me through the front through the door um, became extremely violent took my head and smashed it into a cabinet um, our four-year-old daughter opened our sliding glass door which was extremely difficult to open because it had sand in the tracks because they had a sandbox and I'll never forget her little voice saying daddy don't you do that to my mama that hurts her oh and I just remember from that moment on thinking like, I just went into weird survival mode. I just grabbed the kids. I, I put them in the bathtub. I got them ready. I was just trying to take care of them before I had to leave them for work. And I came home that night and I was like, you're never going to touch me again, like ever or my children. Yeah. Don't and ever touch was... me again. And that was it. And I just moved out. I filed. And it was amicable at that point, just because we both just knew it wasn't, this was not right. Right. <laughs> has he ever, have you ever had a, like any sort of resolve from him? I mean, has he ever like apologized to you? Has he ever taken ownership? Mm, I would say I'm the one that was able to extend my forgiveness to him. Mm. I never really got an apology from him and his part, uh, because I, I later had to go through parental alienation from him and his new wife and trying right. to take, you know, Caden and right. So no, I, I don't believe in my heart that I ever got an apology, but, but you've forgiven, you've gotten to place the forgiveness for yourself, not for him, but for yourself. Yeah. And I, and I, the days like that were after during that parental alienation period, I remember just gritting my teeth saying, I forgive you like in such right. anger. <laughs> and then towards the end of like this journey, I was able to say like, I forgive you. And I truly forgive you. Right. And so I don't know how that really happened other than God. Yeah. I mean, because I was, I was pretty close with you at that point when all of that yes. was going on with Kaden. And um, so let's, let's get into that. Let's get yeah. into how did that, so you have Hunter and Caden with him yep. and Lyric with your now husband, Joey, yep. amazing man. And <laughs> Hunter is still with you at that time. Yes. Yeah. Great kid, all this. Caden yeah. decides yep. to go with her dad. So how did that, because I think that this can be a helpful tool for moms yeah. and dads who are going through exactly this. And I think yep. your story is so amazing because there's resolve and a happy ending yeah. thank god but yes. it took a very long time so start with the story of Kaden how did she choose her dad basically and go on that journey with him that is um this is probably the hardest topic in my entire life yeah. um so what happened was my ex-husband met a woman and she was unable to have children of her own and my ex-husband had had a vasectomy and so they tried to gain custody or control over the oldest hunter and she wasn't going for it. Um, and so basically what they did is they groomed Kaden, they conditioned her, they bought her, they 
um, brainwashed her at a very high level. And um, the woman that he's, you know, still with now um, was an extremely toxic, bitter woman. And she was able to gain control over my 12 year old daughter by buying her a new iPhone, new clothing, um, you know, using leverage, like, well, you won't have to share a bedroom at our house, you know, all these things to entice her. And um, we went to court, we went to mediations. Uh, finally, I asked the court to get a guardian ad litem to come in. Um, because I kept saying, like, I don't understand, like, how this is happening. And then the guardian ad litem was extremely biased. And they Point used eyes, a lot right? of yeah, yeah, and like favor for him. Mm -hmm. um, and then they basically my ex and his um, new wife used a lot of my anxiety that happened during 9-11 as a, a deficit towards me and my character that there was something wrong with me. And that I was somehow an unfit mother to just our middle daughter yet I had Lyric who was younger and an older daughter right. as well. And so the courts are just I mean, I have nothing good to say about them because they're all involved in yeah. this family law it needs to be reformed big time, right. but everyone's making money off of it. So I, I doubt that it'll ever be reformed, honestly. Right. So then Sad. I remember there was a point where Caden just stopped talking to you. I mean, yes. you weren't, you yeah. were hearing next to nothing from her. And I know no. that your girls are your whole world. So absolutely as a mother, what could, I mean, I mean, you can't put that into words, obviously. That's that's something that's deep in your soul that you can't even express. But if you could try to express uh, what that was it, like to not hear from Caden and still having, by the way, to be a mom to your two other daughters and keep and yourself to together and, because you're raising and daughters and you need to show exactly. them to be strong and to not let Ooh. things, you know, and you did that. I know you did uh, that. I, I hope you know that because you look at your daughters your and they're all, <laughs> you know, they're all success. I mean, all around. So- what was that like, that feeling of my daughter's gone, my, I can't speak to her? What was that like for you, Nikki? It was um, hell on earth. Yeah. yeah. And it felt like grieving somebody who um, was still alive. Mm. It was just the most horrific pain. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was for you. So now let's go into yeah. fast forward. How did Caden come back in? Cause she's back in all the way. I mean, yes. this girl and she's thriving <laughs> and she's, she's like a fire, yeah. like she's like yes. saving trees in the forest right? <laughs> and people yeah. too, but you know what I mean? Right. She's, she's remarkable. So tell me how oh. she came back so you can like inspire other moms and dads who are uh, going through what you're uh, going through to go I from where you that. just were to okay. now she's back. Me how does she come back? Let me wipe my little face Yes, of course, here. take your time. <laughs> um, so honestly, for me, what I remember about her coming back was it had been a four-year period. And around the last year, I finally just kind of came to terms. I was no longer angry. I really dove deep inside of myself. My soul found healing. Um, I found yoga. I um, worked with a shaman. I... Uh, did a ton of counseling. I did a lot of different approaches and I was just moved into a different house. I threw myself into redecorating, remodeling. I just had to get hands-on 
And I just remember holding space for her and just believing with my whole heart that she was going to show back up. And I, I heard during the time in the remodeling of that home, like it was kind of like field of dreams moment where right. it you was build like, it, she'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I swear. yeah, I swear. And I was just like, this is weird, but I kept leaning into it and I just kept walking in my in my new truths and my light and knowing that I wasn't a damaged, defected person just because I struggled with anxiety or struggled with depression, that I was not going to be labeled, um, that there was something wrong with me because of those things. And so I just remember um, her having a boyfriend and he was really close to his mom. And she's a dear friend of mine, his mom. And she really helped Caden like explore the whys, like, why don't you talk to your mom? I don't Mm. understand. Like, let I want to hear about your mom. I'm curious about your mom. And then her boyfriend at the time was curious. And so one day, um, Lyric, my youngest and my middle daughter got together and I saw Caden and I was just very, um, effortless. I was Mm. just very casual, like prayed about it. And, um, when I saw her, I was just like, Hey, it's so good to see you. You know, um, you look great. And I just made sure that there was like no strings attached, that I had no, um, agenda. Right. And I just wanted to see her. And then the next day she was like, me and my boyfriend want to come over and and see your house. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) come on over. And it literally, it was from that moment on. And then it just got stronger and stronger. And now you guys are as close as ever. Right. Yeah. And she's, she's where, where is she? She's, she's up in Skagit Valley up that's in right. Washington. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. She's thriving and doing so great. Yes. Does she still have a relationship with her father? It is um, a different relationship now because mm-hmm. um, I guess if you could say the veils over her eyes mm-hmm. of disillusion mm-hmm. have been removed. And so she sees me who I truly am and who I am not that they labeled and put into this box. And so right it's caused her to evaluate him in a new light and see kind of his lies, his games and his manipulations to gain control of her hands, stuff like that. Wow. I think the biggest thing, in my opinion, was key to what you just (laughs) said was that you let go. I did. People like that is the biggest tool that we all have is let, like I say, let go and let God, because it's just like whatever that God may be, whatever your higher power is. It like letting the yeah. second you let go, it comes yeah. back, you know, and such so true. fruition. So I think that's yeah. key in what you did in the healing process, because I know it was so difficult for uh, you. So it was hard and like surrendering to not being in control. And yeah, you're a Leo. We were both yeah. Leos. We want to be in control at yeah. all times. Yeah. Totally. totally. It's that control that we can't, we just want to be the lioness and just be in control. Yeah. So, you That's know, right. I get that 100%. Yeah. So now yeah. you are yeah. in Arizona. You guys just got up and moved. Like how, how did that happen? Because the last time that I saw you, you were here in LA and you were like, well, we maybe want to do like Florida and it'll be like yeah. after Lyric graduates. And I was like, okay, great. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, we're moving to Arizona. So tell me how Arizona happened. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is, I feel like this is really, really interesting. We, um, okay. So last year, COVID 2020, um, 
And my husband kept saying, let's get in the motor home and just travel. And this was like April of last year, the pandemic's just starting. Like yeah. it was kind of crazy. And I was so scared. I was like, no, I, I mean, fear stricken, like mm. terrified about COVID. And, um, and so he just kept saying, no, Nick, we'll be safer. We'll be fine to just get in the motor home and be outside and to camp. And I was terrified but I went ahead and, and jumped into the motor home with him, our dog, our cat. And I know your cat, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, what are we doing? And we literally thought we were going to just go away for the weekend to gr- gain some like solace and just, and it was like, every day is another Instagram post and you're in like, you know, everywhere. And I was like, what is this? I mean, I loved it. I was so obsessed with it, but I couldn't believe it. It turned our weekend trip turned into a month long excursion of just traveling around and and just exploring the U.S. and just being like with no other campers hardly at all Mm. there was nobody on the roads there was nobody in the national parks and it was just very um out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and so I think after that experience my husband just kept saying let's sell like what's the point why do we live here after coming to Arizona on our little (laughs) motorhome trip I was like, you're right. Why are we in this gloomy weather? Like it's so draining on your emotional being. And oh yeah. And I had so, to take vitamin D yeah. when I was there because I yes. messed me up so bad. So bad. Me too. Yeah. Me too. The I had to do the um the light. The sunlight therapy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my therapist or my psychiatrist was like, This is if this doesn't work, yeah. we're gonna have to do this because it was yeah. just people don't understand it until they live there because they think it's just wet all the time. No, it's like gloomy, just gloomy. It's It's just gray. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So Arizona comes in and your brother's in Arizona, right? My brother's here. Yeah. And you're, and you're close with your brother. So that makes sense, right? Yeah. He's the brother that I grew up with in my adopted family. Yeah. And so he, um, he was just like, yeah, come on down. And literally we, we sold our house with no selling agent. We listed it by ourselves. We the dream. Um, <laughs> that is the dream, Nikki. Yeah. No one made money off of you guys at all. No, we were like, <laughs> we're going to keep this. Like we worked hard on that house. Uh, and yeah. So yeah. So then, and we just, so then you moved to Arizona. You don't have a house at the time. No, and we're you living just, in the motor home. <laughs> Again. You're living in the motor home. And then you're just like, okay. And then this house, yeah. like you're just, how did you find this house? Like, because how long were you in the motor home before you found your home? Let's see. So we sold our home in September and then we were faced, um, with some really difficult situation with Caden and some health issues that Mm -hmm. happened. And so we lived in the motor home in my husband's cousin's driveway for an additional month because we couldn't leave Washington until I knew she was safe. Right. Until I knew she was going to be healthy and well. And then we took off and we lived in the motorhome for about two months here in Arizona (laughs) with the cat and the dog and the daughter. (laughs) It's insane. Um, I know. And, and then we, we found the house because my brother let us use his um, address to get uh, Lyric into school. Ah. And so we, we just narrowed it down to a neighborhood and, and actually the, the house we were, there was, we were overbid by two prospects by like $28,000. Wow. 
but they took favor upon us because they they loved our story of just saying we're going to lean into surrendering and just walk with faith and be guided and there you they go said, you guys <laughs> it's manifesting manifesting it's manifesting, manifesting all the time okay Amen. so you get there and now you're like this because before you left Washington, you're, you're yoga, yes. yoga, 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 yoga. Yes. Everywhere I saw it was just yoga, which I thought was so great for you to like zen you yeah. out and everything. <laughs> so now you're in Arizona and you're starting this whole guru mm. healing process. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so, Thank so proud you. of you. I can't even express how proud I am. Yeah. Of you. I think that you've finally found your niche and your way. Amen. I mean, when I met you, you were like, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe 2.0 and part of you still is and always will be because you know that's our girl but I've seen this transition and seeing you yep. now doing this yoga and still looking gorgeous and beautiful and all that but like just I see you centered so explain yes. to me what your goal is now with all of this yoga and why people should follow you on social media Cause I think you have a great mm. social media. I think you've really stepped up your game and like you're on it and you're on point. So tell me what your, I your goal that. and your aspiration is in this new place. Oh that my you're gosh. At. I love that. Well, I'm working, um, up in, uh, Scottsdale at a place called free spirit. And it's a, a psychologist and she has uh, a beautiful open mind and has equine therapy. She has Reiki masters. She's got me a mindful movement coach to help um, people move their bodies and to shed their trauma um, through yoga. And then I do the Reiki with them. And I just really feel that I was led there um, because I have been manifesting the ability to have a profound impact on helping other people heal. It just, ah. I know that's you to the core in your soul. That is you. you 100%. Know? That's just, that's what you've done for me in my life. Aww. You know, when we met, I was so lost and troubled and you just Aww. like, it's almost like you sensed it in me and you just like took uh, me under your wing. So I'm so same. excited that you are on this path. <laughs> and I mean, it couldn't be any better. I think everything has happened exactly the way it's supposed to with you. I and agree. I think you're, like I said, you're centered and yeah. sky's <laughs> the limit. And I know that this Aww. is only the start of, of your entire journey. So what is your social media handles? And then I'll put okay. it up on the podcast too, so people can see it, but just let everyone That's know what it awesome. is. Um, my Instagram is barefoot blonde girl. <laughs> and <Perfection>. then, um, <laughs> cause I'm hippy dippy like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, um, Facebook is Nikki Gonzalez. And then my Twitter is, uh, barefoot blonde G. Right, Blondie, yeah, because it's yeah. And we'll put them on too, because people when they watch this Aww. on YouTube, they can see it on there too. Because I just, awesome. I could talk to you forever, Nikki. But I just too, wanted girl. to. You'll have to come back, and we'll just keep yes. doing this, and we'll like center it in. But I just want people to know who you are and what Aww. you're about, because you're an inspiration. You've been through so much, and this isn't even the half. This is even half right? of your story. But like we started <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. So next time totally. we'll go deeper. But. I love you so much. I, I love you. So proud of you. You have no oh. idea. I'm so, so proud of you. And hopefully Dude. I will see you soon in yes. real person to person. I've yes. seen this new I house. I cannot wait. I know. Oh, All right, I can't well, wait to see your new house. I know. Very excited. All right, love. I love you so much. I love Thank you too, you. babe. Take care. Thank you. And Thank um, you. we will talk to you so soon. Sounds good. Namaste. Bye. Namaste, Bye. mama. Bye. <laughs>
All right, guys, until next time, make sure you check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And make sure you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or watch us on YouTube. Until next time, OG of the HRC, signing out.